you get away from your parents, right? You get to do what you want to do in the camp, right? Am I, am I telling the truth? You want to spend $5 on nachos and not eat what they feed, feed you, then you can do that or whatever. You know how camp is. You, you're independent. But I, I look back, and I went to camp all the time and, and helped out with camps and stuff, and it's the times that you spend in the altars. And, and it's the times when church service goes till 1 or 2 in the morning because people are praying and they really want God in their life. And it's not just, an, it's not just a one-time thing. It's, it's a beginning. It's not an end point. I want to say at camp, and all, it's not an end point, it's a beginning. The encounter is not the end. It's the start of something whole new and fresh. And that's why I'm very glad they're going to this camp um, because it's not, it's, uh, I, don't want to, I don't want to dishonor other camps, but I want to say this camp is all about starting something new in your life that will carry on for the rest of your life. Like she said, look, here I am now. I'm, we're, we're going after God. We're going to be in the ministry. You know, I'm married to Jonathan. He's a pastor's kid, and, and look how our life's different, right? And um, we can say the same kinds of things. So we, uh, every third Sunday of the month, we take up an offering for Terrence and for, ne- for Vanessa. They're um, volunteer youth pastors here. We don't pay them a salary. And so what we give them uh, for this offering uh, just helps say, hey, we love you guys, and this is a gift from us. And she told me that today she wants any money that comes in to go towards camp. So I would like for Vanessa to come on up, and you're just going to bring the offering to her, all right? And uh, the money's going to go towards to, to spread out and help the kids go to camp. How many young people in here you want to go to camp and you're trying to find a way? Raise your hand. All right. See, this is what it's about. We've got a lot of teenagers. I think a couple Wednesday nights ago they had 25 youth, which is amazing, right? Just started a youth group earlier, what, middle of last year or towards the end of last year maybe. And look where it's already grown. So, um, And we want to send you guys, and I agree 100% with Lisa, we want you guys to come here and turn our church upside down. All right? Make us not so pretty and proper and nice. I'm a little more raw because, you know, I'm just kind of like that. Like, you put me like, put me in a cage and let me go crazy. That's how I feel. I want our whole church to feel that way and be that way, right? In a, in a good way for God, right? So why don't we go ahead and just right now, let's just pray. God, I, I thank you for our young people. And I, I seriously... I'm asking that you would just bless the offering, have it go further than everything, bless all their fundraising efforts, that every kid will get to go and no one will be left home, that everyone that wants to go, that's in their heart for this, that, that you make a way, and we just thank you for it, in Jesus' name, amen. All right. I wanted uh, to say something real quick on Friday. Y'all can go ahead and bring, bring it up. <laughs> I didn't want to stop you. But just real quick, I just wanted to tell y'all really fast, um, the twins that attend church here, I don't know if they're in here, oh, just one of them. I got to tell a really quick uh, testimony. Friday, when we had our youth event, she, they show up a little bit late. And we were, because we were all wondering, where's the twins at? Where's the twins at? So they show up late, and their little cheeks are all sunburned. And I'm like, oh, you've been hanging out at Six Flags. And they're like, no. I was like, what have you been doing? Do you know that they went out and they found lawns that they can mow to pay their way to camp? And I just think that that is incredible. I love it because you know what? Nobody gave them idea that idea. Nobody told them to do that. They on their own said, you know what? This is how bad I want it. And I just, I love that because I want all of our teenagers to be that way. I want them to be that aggressive about going after God that they'd be willing to work endless hours or whatever in the hot sun, getting sunburned, working their tail off to get to camp. I think that's so awesome. And I want all of us to have that fire and that zeal. I think that that is something that could teach all of us as adults. They want that, they want that encounter and that experience with God that bad that they would do anything to get it. And I think we should all, we can all learn from that. So. Very cool. Yes. That's right. 
Impossible is nothing, right? Why don't you say that? Nothing is impossible. And say it the way that Adidas or whoever it is. Impossible is nothing. Impossible is nothing. I love That's a good campaign ad. All right, real quick announcements. If, if you want to be a member of the church and have not gone through the new members class, that is Sunday mornings. Next Sunday, we have a lunch right after service for everybody here at the church. You're welcome to come. It's $4 per person, six, uh, $6 per person, $4 a person if you have four or more in your family, which most of us do, right? We need to give discounts if you have seven or eight in your family. <laughs> how, many, how many would that qualify for? Oh, sorry. All right. Uh, the website, devotions are on there, and if you don't have access to the website, see us. We can get you copies for the d- daily devotional. It's every day. There's a thought. There's some scripture reading. Um, and look, I, I really want to plug this thing because um, this will help discipline ourselves to spend that time with God every day, to read the word, to exercise our spiritual mind, right, to think, think things through, because the things that are written on there, they'll ask questions, they'll make us think, look at things at a different point of view, um, and it's also, it helps create the culture of the church, the, the way we think, the way we see God, the way we see other people, and so I really want you to, to check that out on the website, and um, I want to say Easter's coming up, uh, next Sunday is Palm Sunday, then the Sunday after that is Easter, um, Friday, April 2nd, which is, you know, Good Friday, um, we're going to have a communion service right here for everyone in the family. It's going to be a nice, serious, uh, we're going we're gonna to do this right, and we're going to remember what the Lord did for us. Um, it's going to be a candlelit communion service, so we want you to know about that. And then that Sunday, we're going to have a, you know, an Easter celebration to celebrate the resurrection, because that's what it's all about. It's not about just the Friday night. It's about what he did on Sunday when he rose from the dead, right? In the kingdom, death is meaningless unless there's a resurrection. Hello? I want to say that over your life. If you just die to your old self, but nothing new gets rose from the dead, then it's worthless. In the kingdom, there's supposed to be a resurrection. You're supposed to awaken into something new. And so that's what Easter is all about. It's not about the Easter bunny. You may see some funny stuff about that. It's not about that. It's about Jesus Christ conquering death, hell, and the grave, rising in victory so that you and I can have victorious life. That's what it's all about. Amen. Now, we are going to have an egg hunt for the kids, the two age groups, and uh, we'll also baptize people. So we have, we have a bunch of kids that want to get baptized, so we're going to do that. And uh, if you want to be baptized, please see Mandy. We need to know ASAP so we know how many people it's going to be, and we'll do that right after the service, and we'll have a great time with Easter. So I think that's all the announcements. Yep. Lord, we thank you for today. I thank you for your presence. I thank you because you're here to, to break chains and to set captives free. And I ask that you would do that today. I ask that you do what you came to do. You said you came to seek and save those who are lost or those who have lost their way or are floundering. You came to give us uh, guidance and came to give us a new life, a better life in Christ. And so I ask that today you would help us to do that. I ask that there would be an anointing here that breaks, breaks a yoke, that breaks bondages, that breaks addiction, that breaks um, confusion, anointing that, that breaks uh, hostility in families, Uh, an anointing that brings healing to relationships, to marriages, um, an anointing that causes people to dream again in their lives, that that things are possible, that things can change, things can be different. I ask that those things would be here, Lord. And and anything else in your heart, we say yes to it. And I just ask that you would guide me, and I ask that you'd open our hearts to hear what you have to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I don't often say, say things like what I'm about to say, but I don't have a sermon today. I have a word today. It's a little bit different. Um... A word I feel like 
I don't know how to describe the difference, but I feel so important about what we're going to talk about today that it's a, a weighty thing. It's a heavy thing where I didn't sleep well. That's all I could think about all yesterday. I'm, I'm hearing reports from different people of the same kinds of thoughts, the same kinds of feelings for us as a church. This is not a message for your neighbor. This is not a message for the person sitting next to you. This is a message for you, and this is a message for me. All right? So <clears throat> I, I fully believe with all my heart that this is for every person in this room right here on some level. <clears throat> you say yes to that? All right. Change is required from all of us today. All right? We're going we're gonna, to, you know how I normally talk about how good God is and, and let's honor one another and stuff. Well, I, I told them this is going to be like a Papa message today. Um, when, when the Lord sits us down and says, hey, this is what I'm talking to you about. Let's, let's make, some, make some adjustments. I feel like that's what the Lord's saying to us as a church, okay? Have you remember what the theme is for this month? Obedience is better. Why don't you say that? Obedience is better. And uh, the, first, the, the first of this month, I, I started this message, and I want to complete it and finish it up. But uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 15, if you want to open your Bible, so 1 Samuel 15, verse 22, that's where I'm going to be reading from today. That's our, our passage for the month. That's our theme scripture. It's 1 Samuel 15, verse 22, and uh, I'll go ahead and start reading it for time. It says, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to yield is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of, of divination or witchcraft, and arrogance or stubbornness is like evil idolatry. All right? Obedience is better than what? Sacrifice. And to yield is better than the fat of rams or the offerings we can bring before God. And it says if we don't obey and we rebel, then it's as if we are operating in the spirit of witchcraft. Everyone okay? Now, obedience is not measured by your ability to follow the rules. Listen to me today. If you don't hear anything else, hear, listen to this and everything I say after this. <laughs> I'm glad some of you are listening. <laughs> obedience to Christ is not your ability to follow his rules. That's not obedience. Obedience is your ability to follow his voice. There is a huge difference in what the Lord's calling us to as a people, as people of God, as a church. Obedience is not give me a list of rules and I'll do those because that's not possible. How many remember how that worked out in the old covenant? Look, God's calling all the people of Israel up on top of the mountain. And they're like, no, we don't want to go up there. It's scary. There's thunder. There's lightning. And God looks mean from here. He looks, I just know he's in a bad mood. Look at all that stuff going on up there. There has to be something bad going on there. We don't want to go talk to him face to face. We'll send Moses, and he'll talk to you, God, face to face. And what they were saying is, we would rather not have to obey your voice, but if you'll write something down on stone, we'll follow your rules. So they were like, tell us what to do. Write it down. And how many knows how that worked out for us as mankind? It was impossible to follow all the rules that he wrote down, Right? It was impossible. Every time they tried and every time we tried to follow the rules, we come up short. How many knows that's the truth? If, if, we, if obedience was about obeying the rules, then we would never have a chance. 
But obedience is not about following the rules. It's not about doing what, what, what the, the rules and the, and the things on the board tell us to do or the Bible tells us to do. It's beyond that. It's more than that. It's, it's measured by our ability to say yes to whatever he says to us. Amen? The Lord's word is living and it's active. Listen to me. God's word is alive. It's not dead. It's not written on stone. It's a living and an active word. And it means whenever he's speaking to you, he's speaking into your present situation what is the most important thing to do. Right? I know when I was a teenager and my parents were leaving home, like my parents would travel a lot when I was growing up. They'd, they'd travel or they'd go out of, out of the country or they'd go on trips for evangelism or missions or whatever. And we would get babysit, sat, babysat, babysitted. <laughs> we would get babysat by different people that, that our family trusted. And the last thing that they would tell us before they leave was always the most important thing. They would tell us, hey, do this, take out the trash, take out the paper rim. They would tell us all the stuff to do, right? They would, they would give us things to do. But they would say the most important, the most, the most vital things that they would tell us were the last things they would say before they leave. Now, you treat Miss Ledbetter or June Ledbetter. She was one of the ladies that watched. You treat her very well, and you mind her and obey her. So all the things they told us were important, right? It doesn't mean I don't do them. But the things they said at, at the last, in the present moment, was the most important thing. God's word, when he's speaking right now, is the most important thing for us. What he said before, it, does not, it doesn't mean what he said before isn't true. Please listen. We have, to, we have to apply this today to our lives, every one of us. What he said before, doesn't, it doesn't mean it's untrue. He told Moses to strike the rock, right? I mean, remember that. All the Israelites were thirsty. They were dying of thirst, and they were complaining. Are you bringing us out here in this wilderness to just let us die? Give us something to drink. And God says, Moses, take your staff and strike that rock. And when you do, it's, water's going to come forward and everyone's going to be able to drink from it. That was a true word. Moses did what the Lord told him to do in the current moment, right? Because the word of God is living. It's alive. Say that. It's alive. It's alive. God's word is alive. Later on, same scenario. People are complaining. They're thirsty again. They're in the middle of the wilderness. And Moses does what God told him to do a long time ago instead of listening to what he told him to do then. What did he tell him to do this time? He said, you speak to the rock and water will come forth. The current living active word for Moses then was more important than the preceding word that was given to him. That's why the Bible says man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It doesn't say by every word that preceded from the mouth of God. Because what he is saying right now is the most important thing he could say to you. There have been times in my life where the Lord has called me to do specific things or asked for me to obey in certain areas of my life that would have no relevance to my life right now. <laughs> I was gonna, I'm going to do it just because there was, there's a time in our life where abstinence is important. But when you get married, that's not important anymore. Amen? Everyone that's married, say yes, amen. That's the truth. It would be foolish for me to get married and say, well, you know, I have to still abstain. and that's just, I'm setting myself apart to God. No, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I feel sorry for whoever you married. <laughs> it's a... That's part of marriage that's supposed to be beautiful, right? It's something that God gave to us. It's a, it's a treasure for us, right? And if we go by what we lived on before and what we experienced before, we would totally miss out on what he's saying to us right now. 
How many can think back to something God asked you to do a long time ago that if it was required of you now, it would not make any sense? The Lord is saying, my word is alive today. It's active today. It's for you right now. And it doesn't make what he said yesterday untrue. But the Bible says he builds line upon line, precept upon precept. In other words, the things that were true before, he's not getting rid of those things. He's adding on top of those things. They were a foundation to what he's saying to you today. Amen? So obedience isn't measured by your ability to do all the things that he's ever told you to do and follow the rules. Obedience really is when you do what he tells you to do right this moment. I'm, I'm going I'm to tell you uh, some of my failures and some of my successes throughout this, this sermon today. But there have been many times where, where I've dropped a piece of paper on the floor and walked away. Right? Just didn't, sometimes you just see it falling. I, I don't feel like picking it up, right? Then there have been many times where the Lord says, pick that piece of paper up. And I pick it up. Right? How many have ever walked by a penny or a nickel on the ground? The bigger they get, the more you're often to pick them up, right? <laughs> oh, that's a half dollar. I got to pick that up. I can almost buy a pack of gum with that. Right? But when we walk by it and the Lord says, hey, pick that penny up. And you're like, what is that? It's a penny. You can't buy anything with a penny, right? It's not worth anything. But the Lord wants to know, will you do what I tell you to do when I tell you to do it? I feel like the Lord is talking to us as a church. And I feel like there are a lot of things that he's been telling us and telling us and telling us that we keep putting him off. That we keep saying, I'll do it another time. I'll do it another time. I'll do it later. I'm not ready for that level of commitment right now. I mean, I love what we have going on. This is really cool. I love that you love me and you accept me, but, you know, let, let's just hold on for a second. I'm not ready for that. That's too deep a commitment for me. I'm not ready for that. And the Lord is saying today it has to change. Amen? <clears throat> In the New Testament, you'll find count, uh, uh, a dozen times or so, or maybe more than that, it says, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Right? In James chapter 1, verse 22 through 25, I'm not going to read it, just I'm going to summarize it for time today. It says, do not just merely listen to the word, but do what the word says. If you only listen to the word of God and you don't do what it says, then it says you deceive yourself. It says it's like you're a man who looks at your reflection in a mirror, and as, a, as soon as you walk away from the mirror, you forget what you look like. You got a big booger on your face when you're looking in the mirror. And immediately you turn away and forget and you walk around with a big booger on your face, right? You forgot to do something about what you saw in the mirror. Oh. It says, but those who continue to, continue to look into the perfect law that gives freedom. Hello? Read it sometime. James 1, 22 through 25. It says that, it says that there will be freedom to our lives when we obey the word of the Lord. It's just a fact. That's the way it is. When we look into the law and we obey what he says, it brings freedom into our lives. I've written a lot of things on the discipleship about this because in our culture, we don't like to be told what to do. I've talked about this a little bit before, but it's almost like if you do what people tell you to do, then you're a zombie and you're, and, and you're just a, a puppet. 
And they're the puppet master, and what do they tell you to do, you do. And we kind of think that way, and we've gone so far to the extreme on this that, that we're now completely rebellious and disobedient people. We don't do what anyone tells us to do. Don't touch that stove. It's hot. Oh, let me see how hot it is. <laughs> let me test and make sure what your definition of hot is. <laughs> yep, you were right. That was hot. Am I telling the truth? In our culture, our boss tells us something. We don't like it. We fight it. You know how to tell whether we're really submissive or not when we do something we really don't want to do when someone tells us to do it? Can I dig for us as a church? You want to be a servant leader? Come to our servant leader classes. And I feel, I, I feel so strong that the Lord has said a lot of things to us, and we just keep putting it off, putting it off, putting it off, right? We've, we've been under the influence of our culture that says when you do what other people tell you to do, you're under their control. And is that true? I mean, yes, is that true? Head nods. If we just do what people tell us to do, we're under their control. How many knows that the Lord gave us free will? How many of you ever heard that before? Yeah, free will. You can do whatever you really want to do. And we're fortunate to live in a country that we really have free will where we really can. If we want to start a business, we can start a business. If we want to move houses, we can move houses. If we want to not pay our rent and not pay our rent here and go somewhere else and not pay our rent there, we do it in America. We can do a lot of things we want to do here, right? We want to go eat after service today. You have a million restaurants in Dallas-Fort Worth that you can choose from. Even if you say, I want church's chicken, you have a bunch of church's chickens that are, well, where's the closest one? Where's the one that's least crowded? Where's the one where there's no construction around it? And we can pick and choose wherever we want to go, right? We have free will. You came to church today because you chose to, right? Good job. You chose to. We have free will. So when someone tells me to do something, when an authority tells me to do something, whether it's God or someone who's putting authority over me, I still have free will to choose whether I do what they say or not. So if I choose to obey, who's in control? I am. It's called self-control. We think we do what other people tell us to do. We're being controlled by them. No, you're still in control of yourself. You have complete authority to make decisions. Obedience is better. Yes, sir, is better. Yes, ma'am, is better than fighting back. The Lord puts people in authority over us for a reason, right? The Bible says that he raises up and he puts down. You don't like your boss? Pray for, your, pray for you. <laughs> pray for your attitude that you will fall in love with your boss. Not in that way. <laughs> New. Someone said, ew. I was like, oh. <laughs> no. Where you really honor your boss. And you know what? When you see them through the eyes of honor, their behavior may completely be different towards you. And if you treat them well, their behavior may completely change toward you. And it probably will. I use this example all the time, but it's so true. Nebuchadnezzar was the most wicked man on the face of the earth ever. You know the story in Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar? He's the one who set up the idol and wanted everyone to worship when the music started playing, worship me. 
He's the one that set up schools all around his nation to teach people in idolatry. He's the one that stole um, the three Hebrew children. You know them, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel. He took them and a bunch of other people and stole them, killed their families, burned their farms, made them eunuchs where they can't reproduce and have other kids, right? And then brings them into their kingdom to train them their ways. This is the most wicked man on the face of the earth. Then he takes them and puts them in the school of the occult. He's like, all right, all you wise, beautiful people we just took from your families, now we're going to teach you how to be witches and warlocks. And this was how his government leaders were trained. They were trained through the school of witchcraft and, and sorcery. Pretty evil, right? Yet in all of that, Daniel honored him. When an evil, when, when, when an evil thing was going to happen to him, he says, your kingdom is going to be stripped from you. Daniel says, oh, king, I wish this wasn't for you. I wish it was for your enemies. Daniel honored his king. And what's the end, end result that happens to Nebuchadnezzar? After his seven years of being crazy and loopy and eating grass like an animal and being wild, he says, I, Nebuchadnezzar, now praise and honor the one true God, Jehovah. For those who walk in pride, he's able to humble. Out of honor, he was turned around. Out of submission, he was turned around. Out of Daniel being obedient, he was turned around. Hello? So if you don't like your boss, if you don't like stuff, stuff going on, submit to their authority and honor them. Amen? I want to just close, close this out. I don't want to go through all the notes, but the opposite of obedience is rebellion. I want to talk about this just for a minute. When I choose not to obey the voice of the Lord, right, when I choose not to listen to him, I'm choosing rebellion. The Bible says rebellion is like witchcraft. In other words, it's like Satan worship. It's like deviltry. That's what rebellion is, right? Everyone with me? Rebellion equals witchcraft. So not obeying the voice of the Lord equals the same as me being in, in the occult, in God's eyes. It's a big deal. Witchcraft is being under the influence and control of a false god or false prophet. Under a spell of deception. That's what witchcraft is. And it's also using um, human efforts. It's using things like this to try to manipulate things for our, for our good, for our benefit, rather than doing what the Lord tells us to do, right? So when I say no to God, I'm saying yes to someone else. I want you to listen to me. This is so important for us as a church. Before we can go where we're going to go, all of you in this room, are you represent leadership in this church you represent um an army that's going to win people to the lord everyone in this room all of you and god wants us to be a, a powerful strong army with no skeletons in the closet amen and the lord's saying if you say no to me you're saying yes to someone else if you're disobeying me if you're not obeying what i say to you then you're saying yes to the enemy and you're obeying him. So you're actually really being controlled by him. Rather than coming under my influence, which is not control at all, it's freedom. You know, there are... 
trying to think of, a, of an example that wouldn't hit anyone in this room, but <laughs> it's, you, you never know. There are, let, let, let's just say someone has a heroin addiction, and it, it's strong. That thing has complete control over that individual. The moment they come down from a high, they have to have another high. They will do anything to have another high. They will steal from their own family. You know, watch the show Intervention. It's, it's a sad show because a lot of it doesn't turn out real well, but my wife likes to watch it every now and then. I, I don't really like to watch it because I want to see, see immediate deliverance, and <laughs> it's kind of sad for me to watch it. But that thing takes complete control of, of an individual's life, right? Because they're saying no to God. They're giving away control to someone else. See, the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, right? So if I'm choosing not to obey, I'm choosing not to have freedom, this could be anything, anything, any addiction, any bondage, any chain that's on our life that has control over us. It happened because we said no to God. Please listen. If you feel like there's a thing in your life that's controlling you, that has authority over you, it's because somewhere you said no to God. And, and the, the way to cut those strings is to just say yes to him. It, honestly, it is that simple. You have an addiction, you have something you've been battling for years, it could be bad for your health, it could be bad for your marriage, it could be bad for whatever. The, you, know, you know the negative consequences to addiction and bondage. You, you, if you're here and you're, you're living in it, you know, you experience, you, you could list, this is what this thing is costing me in my life. It's costing me to buy this, it's costing me to do that, it's costing my marriage, it's costing this, my, my family, whatever, right? The cost is not worth it. And it all came from one time or two times, or three times, or over and over, the Lord said something to us, and we said no to him, and we gave complete control to someone else. And the Lord wants to break that control today. He wants to break rebellion from us. This says, no, I don't really want to do what you tell me to do right now, God. How many has ever obeyed the Lord, and it felt really good? Doesn't it feel good when you do what the Lord says? How many have ever obeyed the Lord, and it ended up hurting you? No, I'm not trying to be honest, no. Like, he hurt you. I'm not saying that things you go through don't hurt, but where he hurt you and wounded you, because, like, he said to jump off a building, and you did it, right? The Lord doesn't do things that hurt us. He doesn't tell us things that will hurt us. Everything he does, everything he speaks to us is for our benefit. It's like he is the most giving, most unselfish being in the universe, in all the universes, He's the most unselfish, most giving person. He's the one that says, hey, I'll send my son to die on the cross. He'll take all of your punishment, all of your sin, all of your shame. He'll take it on his shoulders so that you don't even have to go through it. That's how generous he is. So do you think that that same God would ask you to do something that's going to hurt you? It says his plans are to prosper, not to harm, to give you future and a hope. His way is better. Obedience is better, right? Obeying the laws of the land is for our benefit, not for the land's benefit. It's for our benefit. Obeying the voice of the Lord is for our benefit. It doesn't benefit him at all. It benefits us. And what he gets out of it is we have relationship. And that's what he, that's all he wants. He just wants relationship. He doesn't want our money. He doesn't want our time. He just wants to be with us, Right? The opposite of obedience is rebellion. 
And the opposite of submission is stubbornness. And this is the last thing I'll say, and then we'll close it out. How many would say that we're stubborn? <laughs> we're just stubborn. It kind of goes with the, the, no, I don't want to do it kind of thing, right? Stubbornness is also arrogance. And the biblical definition of it was the need to be pushed or convinced. Listen to me. The need to be pushed or convinced. The Lord can come to us and say, hey, do this thing. It's better for you. And we have to have all the reasons and all the benefits and be convinced to do what he told us to do. That's called stubbornness. <laughs> awesome. It's called stubbornness. And the Lord wants us to remove stubbornness from our personality. <laughs> Amen. I want to read one more thing. It's, it's also in 1 Samuel, if you had it open. It's 1 Samuel 15. This is what happens when people are stubborn, all right? This is, this is an example of stubbornness, all right? Saul completely disobeys the voice of the Lord. Samuel was the prophet, and he represented the voice of the Lord. Samuel came to him and says, hey, this, these are your instructions. This is what you're supposed to do. And Saul completely disobeyed it. He did some of it, but he didn't do all of it, right? So that's complete disobedience. Yeah. And this is this is where the verse comes from. Samuel saying to Saul, hey, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings or sacrifices more than obeying his voice? Rebellion is a sin of witchcraft. And Samuel's telling him this. And Saul's like, oh, man, I've messed up. Right. And so here's verse 24. Saul says to Samuel, you're right. I've sinned. You got me. You caught me. I sinned. I didn't listen to the Lord. I violated the Lord's command and your instruction. I was afraid of the people and I gave in to them. Now I beg that you forgive my sin and come back with me so that I can worship the Lord. Right? When did the Lord speak to Saul? Hours earlier. When did Saul decide he was willing to obey? Hours later. Because he was stubborn. There was stubbornness there. And this is what Samuel says to him. I will not go back with you. You have rejected the word of the Lord, so the Lord now rejects you as king. Wow. This is what stubbornness is. Stop doing this thing that's in your life. Lord, I'll stop tomorrow. I'll, start, I'll stop the next day. Wait, I've got, a, I've got a carton of cigarettes that I just paid for. You know how experience, expensive they are, and I don't want to just throw them away. So let me finish this carton off, and when I'm done with that carton, then I'll stop smoking. I'm not telling you to stop smoking. But if the Lord's telling you to, then you need to stop. Amen? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I told you we're going to dig a little bit today. <laughs> the only reason that I can even talk like this is because the Lord's been very strict with me in my times with him. Jared, I've told you to stop this. I've told you to do this. I've told you to stop that. I've told you to do this. Yes, sir, Lord. I, let's do that. <laughs> I'm not going to be stubborn. I'm not going to wait till next week. I'm going to wait till tomorrow, right? How many of the Lord's been talking to you maybe about some things? How long has he been talking? The, the, what quality inside of us has caused this conversation to go much longer than it should have? Amen. Is this good word? Is this from the Lord? I feel like it's so important as a church that we get completely well, that nothing has a hold on us, nothing has a tie to us. 
Hello? That when we, when we move into the season of growth and expansion into conquering new territory, that nothing can say, oh, but I still have control of you. I, I'm the string that's still attached to you. Never mind, the Bible says that the wages of sin are death. So by not obeying the Lord, what I'm doing is I'm inviting whatever death has to come into my life. I want you to hear this. this is, I know it's stern. It's not typical for me. <laughs> it's, it's, but this is what the Lord's saying to us. When I disobey the voice of the Lord, then I'm saying yes to the enemy. And what is the enemy all about? The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But what did Jesus come to do? Give life abundantly. So obeying, I get abundant life. I get freedom. I get um, peace, comfort, everything that the Lord says I have. But by disobeying, I get things stolen from me. I get killed. I get destroyed. I get sick. Amen. Obedience is better, right? Let's just stop for a second and just listen. Maybe he said some things to us so long ago and we pushed him off so long. I'll do it tomorrow that we don't even hear it. We don't even remember it anymore. I want the Lord to bring back to memory things he's asked us to do that we didn't do. All right? Let's just stop for a minute. This is the danger in pushing off the voice of the Lord. We're not promised to hear it tomorrow. Uh, that's the absolute truth. Now, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just telling you this. The Bible says that no one can come to the Father unless the Spirit draws him, which means I can't choose any time I want to to come to the Father. The Spirit has to draw me to the Father. Hello? Which means I don't have control of when or when I don't do the right thing. Hello? I don't carry the voice of the Lord, but I have to recognize his voice when it comes. I'm not responsible for where it comes from, from who, it's, who it comes from, from, from. I'm not responsible for any of that. I am responsible for one thing. Will I listen to it when it comes? Will I recognize it? And so today, I know the Lord's been talking. He's been talking to me continually. Even while I'm preaching, he's talking to me. So, you know, just because someone's up here speaking doesn't mean they have all their stuff together, Right? It means we're all in this together. It's a family thing. And you should never, ever in this place be ashamed to say, I need help, or I have an addiction I need broken, or I've been trying to break this thing and it's still there. You should never be afraid here. We're family. We're all in this to win it together, right? We're all fighting together. We're all, we're all going for the same prize, all of us. And the best way to get there is for us all to do it together. Together we're stronger. It's just a fact. And that's why as a church, I feel it's important that we get this message out of obedience. So we say yes 
to whatever he says, because there is coming a day very soon. And now I'm going to prophesy specifically over you as a church and over myself where the Lord's going to tell you to pray for someone in a wheelchair. They're going to get up where the Lord's going to give you a word of knowledge. He's going to give you a prophetic word for somebody. And and he's going to need you to obey instantly and say only what he says to you, not add to or take away. And he needs to know that you obey him in the little things before he'll ever expose us to the bigger things. I feel that so strong as a church. And I'm crying out for the signs and wonders. I pray for every day. God, I got to see signs and wonders. We have to see miracles and signs and wonders as a church. It has to be part of our DNA. You know, it has to be part of our culture. We have to come in here on a Sunday or when we meet together or through the week at home. We have to experience your presence. It has to be real. And I hear the Lord saying, hey, when we take care of the little things and say yes in the little things, then I'll trust you with bigger things. Because, you know, those people that, that are lost, the people that we're going to come in contact with, they need someone to be obedient. The reason that they haven't found the Lord yet is because someone isn't obedient yet. That's, I believe that with all my heart. I believe that every person, the Bible says that the harvest is plentiful. It's white for harvest right now. It's ready. How many know that's the truth? Jesus said, look, the fields are ripe. They're ready to be harvested. In other words, they're ready. What are you waiting for? And he says, pray that the Lord of the harvest would send laborers to go into the harvest field and bring them in. In other words, Everyone right now is ready to accept Jesus on the face of this earth. I believe that with all my heart. Every person on this planet is ready for God. All they need is for one person to obey and speak to them the voice of the Lord. Because when they hear God's voice, it's going to carry with it something that all the other things they experience don't carry. And it's going to set them free. And all he needs is for you and I to be obedient. But if we're bound up with bondages and addictions and chains and stuff like that, how can we ever obey him in the supernatural things? Amen? Man, I love you guys. Man, I love our church, and I love the vision that we have. And I know that until we do this, we can't get there. I know that with all my heart. I know it. And you know what? It only takes a few of us to say yes, because we'll create such a momentum. Let me say yes. (laughs) Why don't you stand? How many of you say yes to what he's been saying to you? Yeah? Yeah, raise your hand. I say yes to everything, not to all or some. I mean, not to part, or, but for all of it. Amen? I say yes to all of it. So I want us to have an old-fashioned altar service, right? We're going to have more and more of this. If you, if you have said no in the past and you say, Lord, if you'll have me again today, I'll say yes. I want you to come to the front. I want you to find a place. If it gets too crowded up here, then take the first few rows, all right? And we just want to put some soft music on. No one's going to get up here and pray and do anything. It's just you saying yes to him. That's all it is, all right?
To a dark and hopeless world your son was born He made the world and saw that it was good You sent your only son for you If you're still praying, you say, hey, man, I, need, I just want someone to pray for me right where I'm at. Just raise your hand right where you're at. Someone will come right to you. You, just, you don't feel that this thing's broken yet. You don't feel like this is done yet. Just raise your hand right where you're at. Please don't leave without, without being completely over and free.
Father, I ask that you make your voice clearer to us. Let it be the voice that we pursue, that we love. And God, I ask that your voice would be the only thing that can move us, that can stir up anything inside of us. That's the only, your vo- only your voice is able to do that from here on. That other voices don't move or stir or even cause hunger in us or cause a, a need for something unhealthy or outside of your plan for us. I ask that only your voice can create movement in our heart. I ask that you to make us as a church excessively obedient. If it's little as stop walking where you're at and pick up the trash to to do this and don't do that. Lord, whatever it is, big, small, in between, teach us to be completely obedient. I ask that from this day forward we will go through a boot camp that you'll begin to show us little things and test us in the little things. Test our obedience, Lord. And I pray that every one of us will be completely yielded to you and we say yes. And Lord, I ask that as we are found faithful, as our hearts are found obedient, that you will trust us with the kingdom. That you'll trust us with your word, that you'll trust us with your authority and power. Lord, I ask that all of us would die, that our flesh would die, and we'd be new creations right now. That we would die and we'd have a resurrection into our new, our new body. Make our hearts so sensitive to you. And God, when we experience things that are outside of the kingdom, I ask that they would be foreign to us that they would feel strange to us, that they wouldn't fit in, that only when we're in your perfect will and only when we're completely obedient will we feel at peace. I ask that we would be radical in our lifestyles, Lord, that we would eat what you tell us to eat, that we would take care of our bodies the way you tell us to, Lord, in every area that we would treat our wives better the way you tell us to. That we treat our children better the way you tell us to. Lord, that in every area that we would be counted worthy of your name, Lord. I pray right now that all the strings of addiction would be completely severed right now. Right now, Lord. That we would be completely free, Lord, like your word says. Lord, I thank you because I feel you here. I feel you sitting on us. And I ask that we wouldn't walk in a way that you don't leave. God, I pray for our young people today that they will be completely sold out for you. That there would be nothing that would pull their affections. that they would see now at an early age the benefits of obedience to you and that they will value it the way it deserves to be valued, Lord. And all the skeletons in the closet go. Amen.
Bible says to live such good lives among unbelievers that they'll want to have a relationship with God too. Amen. An old wise saying says, live such a good life that when other people gossip and say things that aren't true about you, that no one will believe it because they'll know you. I really want to be that way as a church. I want to be that way as people with integrity and honor. Amen. Strength and honor. <laughs> right. Well, God, we just bless everyone here. I thank you for talking to us today. I thank you for your word that's alive. I pray that as we go, we will hear your words. We'll hear your voice, and we won't follow anything else. But we'll be obedient and say, yes, sir. And, Lord, I ask that they'll immediately see the benefits of obedience in their life, that they'll immediately see the blessing that comes from obedience. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll be blessed. If you're praying, you are more than welcome to stay here all day.